It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Unplugged, uh, brought to you by the great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Go over and check that out. Um, that is the, my little baby there. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, to be honest with you, it's uh, it's my passion. It's something I started just, it's something that I wanted as a young coach, and I figured everyone else would, would want something similar. So I'm hoping I'm right on that. Um, you know, go over and check it out. 14 day free trial. Um, give it a shot. Let me take out my wife to, uh, to dinner um basically <laughs> that's what it is it's kind of my discretionary fun money and allows me to do my podcasts and my youtube channel and all that kind of stuff so it kind of keeps the wheels moving so the the studio is running so if you can go over and support us at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better we sure appreciate it um this is the last uh last installment of spartan tales um my 2009 state championship journey i think you'll enjoy it a lot um, it's a long one, but I wanted to get, I didn't, I didn't want to go past this week as far as, um, as putting this out for all of you. So enjoy and, uh, talk soon. Thanks. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better from the fifth quarter studios in Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to coach unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Chapter 12. Cold season takes its toll, but not in the win-loss column. Monday, February 2, 6 p.m. Today we had a varsity reserve game in Janesville. As a result, we had a short practice with the entire team before the varsity reserve players had to leave. We looked tired. I am not sure if it's last week's tough three-game schedule or if we all have colds. It was nice to have the players work on some individual skill development. It is hard this time of year to get a lot of time for skill development when there are so many games in a short period of time. I told my team as they were having a dunk contest at the end of practice that I had not lost a game of horse to one of my players in eight years. I also haven't played any of them in a game of horse in eight years. You have to know when it's time to hang up those gym shoes. Tuesday, 
February 3, 11.45 a.m. This morning has been very busy because I forgot to hand out my weekly Tuesday reports or the academic progress sheets. I spent my prep period hunting down my players and giving them their reports to fill out. Maybe it was old age that caused me to forget, or maybe that we were out of our normal routine. I am glad we only have two games this week. Tuesday, February 3, 5.30 p.m. We had a good, crisp practice. Several youth teams were in to watch practice. Maybe they should come every day. An interesting story today is that Channel 15 came to practice to ask me about our not taking a bus to Sun Prairie. Like I told the reporter, this is a non-story because we have been having parents and players drive to metro area games since I was in high school at Madison East, which was a long time ago in 1985. I guess people do read this blog. Tuesday, February 3, 10 p.m. Just got home from scouting the Baraboo Portage game. I don't think I have seen two teams go at it like that in a long time. I can't believe how well both teams shot the ball. I have not looked at the box score, but I bet there were at least two players with 30-plus points. I can see how Baraboo has not lost a game all year. Wednesday, February 4, 9.30 p.m. My entire team is sick right now with colds. But I do give them credit for fighting through practice. We play La Follette tomorrow and spend a lot of time working on how to defend the dribble drive offense that they run. I was pleasantly surprised with how well we executed our defensive schemes. I threw a lot at the team this week by adding several new presses, zone offenses, and delay offenses to pull opponents out of their zone defense. I am thinking we will get the opportunity in the next couple of weeks to use a lot of these new things. Tonight, I was approached by my good friend, Todd Young, to coach a 6th grade AAU team that he is starting. It looks like the negotiations went well. I am excited and think it will really sharpen my skills having to teach the game to such a younger age. I have not coached 6th graders other than in camp, in almost 20 years. I guess I am always looking for a new challenge. Thursday, February 5, 10 p.m. We beat Madison La Follette 74-38. I am really impressed with how my entire team played. We got in some early foul trouble, but we're still up by 18 points at half. I'm sorry to say that I also got my first technical foul in several years. Just like coaches and players, I understand officials have a difficult job to do. What I look for in an official is someone that will communicate with me during the game and give a consistent whistle. As a coach, I try to teach my players to adjust to the type of game the officials are calling. It must be the math teacher in me, but I know there is some variability in the type of game each official calls. It is up to players and coaches to adjust to that variability. 
We did not do a very good job of that tonight. Friday, February 6, 10.30 p.m. We had a wonderful practice. It is never hard to get our team motivated to play Madison West. I am wishing we had more time. This time of season, I always feel like we need more time in the gym. With the end of the regular season just around the corner, I feel everyone feels the same way. I know the players love the games, but we don't have a lot of time right now to correct mistakes and work on fundamentals. I had a great evening, a special date with my four-year-old daughter, Emma. I got home from practice, changed into clothes that she had picked out, including a tie, and headed off to dinner. After dinner, Emma and I watched part of the sophomore girls' game at Memorial and ran into Emma's teacher, Jane, from Meeting House Nursery School. I know I'm biased, but I do believe it is the top preschool in the city. After a short stint in the gym, we headed off to see the sound of music in the Memorial Auditorium. I have to compliment the entire production. I have seen shows in London and New York and walked out of this auditorium totally impressed. I only wish I could sing. Emma sat on my lap for the entire show. Surprising since many four-year-olds don't sit still. I think she was very engrossed in the musical. My only complaint would be that the Memorial Auditorium needs new seats. Saturday, February 7, 2 p.m. We had a busy morning in the Collins household with Drew's basketball and indoor soccer games. I am totally exhausted and haven't done anything today. Maya told me to take a nap, which helped. I'm going to watch a little West tape before heading off to school for our shoot-around. Saturday, February 7, 11.45 p.m. We beat Madison West 98-56. I am really pleased with the way my team is coming around and the energy they are bringing to the court. We still have a lot of work to do, but we are getting better. There were a lot of dunks in the game, so I bet it was entertaining to watch. In my pregame talk, I talked about the three C's, complacency, consistency, and character, and how we have to work on all of these during the rest of the season. I can't take credit for the speech since I borrowed it from Coach Weber at Illinois. We have a tough week ahead, going to Beloit on Tuesday and hosting Middleton on Thursday. I think my guys are up to the task. I asked Drew what he thought of the team tonight, and he said they are doing good with their threes and making their dunks. Drew, let's hope we can keep that up. Chapter 13, A Milestone Victory and a Shadow of Doubt. Monday, February 9, 6 p.m. I have not been sleeping well the last couple of nights. I'm not sure of the reason, but I'm guessing it involves worrying about the team and the direction we will take in the postseason. 
I always worry as a coach that I have not properly prepared my team. We had an average practice at best today, and I'm concerned about whether we are getting better. The players headed off to a team dinner, and I rushed home to see my kids and put a little perspective back in life. Everyone associated with the program is very excited about tomorrow's game, and from what I hear, half of Beloit is going to show up. Tuesday, February 10, 11.45 a.m. Is spring finally here? I went outside to get something out of my car, and it has to be 50 degrees. I always love this time of year and joke with my coaches that you know spring is around the corner when you leave practice and it is still light out. You also know that with the state tournament approaching, there will be more snow since it usually snows during those three days. I guess spring will have to wait a bit. Tuesday, February 10, 5 p.m. We just arrived in Beloit, and the crowd is already beginning to show up. It is going to be an exciting atmosphere, and I hope that my guys are up for the task. I told them this will be a challenging opponent in an intense atmosphere. Tuesday, February 10, 10 p.m. I am on the bus going home and can't believe the game I just watched. We started the game down 21-4 to and were able to fight back to a one-point lead at half. After the poor start, we went on a 62-37 run to finish the game and won 66-58. I take my hat off to the Beloit team. I will have to look at the shot chart, but I don't think they missed more than one or two shots in the first quarter. I have coached 21 years and can only remember one other team shooting the ball that well. Middleton, at our place, in 2005, when they shot over 70% the entire game. Despite being down tonight, my team showed a lot of composure and fought back to a comfortable lead in the fourth quarter. We worked the clock for the last five minutes and pulled Beloit out of their zone. The Beloit fans really pulled out all the stops. Their student section was seated right behind our basketball hoop and had some very interesting signs. Wednesday, February 11, 9.30 p.m. I really got after the team in practice. I reminded them what we are playing for and that there is a lot at stake in the next three games. It took about 10 to 15 minutes to get those slow post-game legs going, and then we had a really good practice. I want to go on record saying I do not like Tuesday games. It is hard for student-athletes to focus and get everything done when they are getting home at midnight on a Tuesday. I can't believe that we have had so many Tuesday games this season. A week from Sunday, I will attend the WIAA seed meetings and figure out who we will play in regional semis on March 3. I just had a wonderful date night at home with my wife, Maya. It is really difficult during basketball season to stay connected especially when I'm at practice, coaching a game, or off scouting. Thursday, February 12, 11.30 a.m. It is amazing to learn about the readers of my blog. I have had people contact me from China, Ohio, Colorado, 
Arizona, and even my old stomping ground, Wausau. A fellow teacher was at the subway on High Point Road and got stopped to talk about the blog. Writing the blog continues to be a wonderful experience for me. Thursday, February 12, 11.30 p.m. We beat Middleton 66-46. It did not start out very well, but we had a pretty good second half. I'm impressed with how my team continues to work down the clock at the end of quarters. We took several minutes off the clock at the end of the third quarter while Middleton sat in their zone. It brought back memories of the 2005 season when at Middleton at up three, we stood at half court with the ball for five minutes while Middleton stayed in their zone. I remember shouting over to then Cardinals coach John Boyle about how much fun this was. We both laughed. I also remember the fans being dissatisfied with our play. However, our goal was to win the game. I never understand the crowd booing when a team pulls the ball out. I respect coaches Tom Diener, who won five WIAA titles at Milwaukee, Vincent, and now coaches at Milwaukee, Hamilton, and Lance Randall, who guided Oshkosh West to -to back-to-back Division I titles in 2006 and 2007, and now as an assistant at Loyola in Chicago, very much. And they both did it to each other in the state finals. Tonight's game was personally a big one for me. I had my college roommates in attendance. Lawrence University alums Bob Olson, Jeff Shang, and Chris Wolski, and won my 200th game as a head coach. When I took the memorial job, I never thought I would reach this milestone. I remember talking with Jaron Maiman when he was a freshman. I told him about the previous season and reaching 100 wins, and then winning the state championship. I told him I didn't know if I could get 200 wins. Jaron responded as only a freshman could. Don't worry, coach. I will help you get there. Well, Jaron, you did. Thanks to all my guys. Friday, February 13, 4.30 p.m. I did something today that I have never done. I called off practice. The team looked really tired and worn out walking around school today. I told them they could stay and shoot or go home. I was surprised that most of them stayed around. It was the right decision. I am taking Maya out for dinner tonight to celebrate Valentine's Day, but first I am heading off to my son Drew's soccer game. Friday, February 13, 9.30 p.m. We just got home from eating at Paisan's. I love their Italian food, and Maya loves the porta salad. While we were out at dinner... I got a call from High School Hysteria, the show on WTLX-FM 100.5. It is always fun talking about high school basketball and my team. I have the most understanding wife in the world who lets me do a radio interview during our dinner and also lets me drive to Milwaukee on Valentine's Day to scout a high school basketball game. Where did all of this snow come from? 
It's surprising how quickly people forget how to drive in this stuff. Saturday, February 14, 6.30 a.m. I have a busy day today with Drew's YMCA basketball banquet. Thanks, Joe Murphy, for all of your help. Practice, Max Knight's birthday party, and scouting Milwaukee, Washington versus Wenaki. I am already tired. Saturday, February 14, 11.30 p.m. We had a great practice this morning. I can already sense the team becoming more focused as we approach tournament time. If only we can all wear masks and stay healthy for the next five weeks. I just got home from watching number one ranked team, Milwaukee, Washington, defeat Wenaki. I am proud that I only got lost twice trying to get out of Milwaukee. It was a great high school game, and Wenaki controlled most of it. I can't begin to describe the last 40 seconds of the game, but I left the gym feeling as though Wenaki had won the game. It is that time of year when these funny things start to happen on the court. I love it. We only have one game this week, Janesville-Parker on Tuesday, and then it's time to get ready for East. The WIAA Tournament and March Madness are right around the corner. Chapter 14, A Victory Dance with the Parker Band, Goodbye to a Legend, and Planting Seeds for a Tournament Run. Monday, February 16, 7 p.m. Today was a pretty uneventful day. These days are always good this time of season. It is nice to have a quiet night at home with my wife, Maya, and the kids. We had a great practice, and I can really see the team becoming more focused as we work our way through February. Tuesday, February 17, 7.45 a.m. We just finished our morning shoot-around for the Parker game. The players are really focused, and I reiterated to them that we are playing for a share of the conference championship tonight. I spent a couple of minutes pointing at the banners in the gymnasium and asking them if they wanted to be part of that history. They all noticed that Memorial has five straight conference championships. That made an impact. As I walked back to the office... I was thinking that Jerron was in seventh grade when we won our first conference championship, and freshman junior Lamamba was in fourth grade. Tuesday, February 17, 9.45 a.m. We beat Janesville Parker 85-33 and won a share of the conference title. I was impressed with how well my guys came out at the beginning of the game. We executed really well in the first half and jumped to a 51-10 lead. I was able to play everyone a lot in this game. I think I made a few people in the Parker crowd upset. During the first half, people were yelling to stop running and pressing, which we do not do once we have a commanding lead. We then went into our delay game and took several minutes off the clock without a shot, leading people to yell at us to play basketball. I guess you can't please everyone. 
I did set one goal for the team before the game, and that was for them to have fewer than eight turnovers for the game. I told them if they accomplished this goal, I would take them to Culver's for custard on the way home. At the end of the game, they only had six turnovers. And $70 later, they were a pretty happy group. I can't believe the wonderful addition to Parker High School. It looks like a different school as you approach it. Can I also go on record and say how much I enjoyed the Parker Band? They did a tremendous job the entire game, and they were the best part after the game. They played a fifth quarter and then played our way out of the gym. Of course, my players felt like joining in. As I came out of the locker room, I saw my players dancing with the Parker Band. Quite a sight. Wednesday, February 18, 6 p.m. Today we had a very hard practice. The players walked out of the gym very slowly tonight. I have started having some of the younger players from the sophomore team come and practice with the varsity. This is always a good thing since they bring good energy and keep the varsity players sharp. This time of season, people do not see me smiling much in the hallway. Not that I am not happy. This is a great time of year. But rather, I am thinking of 80 things I should have done and the 20 things I still need to do. Inevitably, Jerron will see me in the hallway and ask if everything is okay. I usually say, you tell me, are we going to win tonight? To which he replies, I got you, coach. That always makes me smile. Thursday, February 19, 9 p.m. We had a short and quick practice. We did a lot of things in a short amount of time, similar to how we play our games. The Memorial girls have their final home game tonight, so we had to be out of the gym relatively early. I have a feeling next week is going to be a very long week. I went and saw the La Follette East game tonight, which the Pergolders rallied to win 62-51. As an East alum, it brought back great memories. I remember that game meaning a lot to both schools, one that both really wanted to win. Both teams played extremely well. I was able to talk with Will Ryan, an assistant coach at North Dakota State, and the son of UW coach Bo Ryan, about a former Memorial player, Michael Nelson, now playing for the Bison. It sounds like he's doing an awesome job. No surprise there. Friday, February 20, 11.30 p.m. Tonight was a scout night. I had six people out watching games, from Bayport down to Racine, over to Toma. I got the assignment of going to Milwaukee to watch Germantown, which improved to a 17-2 record, with an 80-69 victory over Mequon Homestead. The really good news is I got to stop at five guys for a burger, cops for custard, and literally did not get any snow until I pulled into my driveway at the end of the night. The bad part was that I got lost again and barely made tip-off. I think I need a navigation system for my car. Saturday, February 21, 9 p.m. I can't believe all the snow. 
I was a little worried that we were not going to get to practice this morning. Luckily, we were able to get in a good two-hour practice, and the players were really focused. I got home, and the snow was still waiting for me to snowblow. I finished the driveway and took the kids to Four Corners Park. I love the park in the winter. Snow makes the slide a lot faster. After the park, we walked home and watched the Marquette men's basketball game. Maya came home from shopping and had found a cell phone in the parking lot at Target. After a little while, I contacted the phone's owner to return it. My son Drew, assistant coach Jeremy Schlitz, and I were able to sneak out tonight to watch the Sun Prairie Craig game. It was announced during the game that Bob Sutter is retiring after this season. I knew this a while ago, but I still can't believe he's not going to be roaming the Craig sidelines. I consider Coach Sutter one of the greatest high school basketball coaches to come through the state of Wisconsin, not only because of the number of wins he has accumulated, but also because he has been a great teacher and ambassador for the game over the years. Sunday, February 22, 1 p.m. I just got back from our seed meeting in Baraboo. Kevin and I got to the meeting a bit early, so I gave him a tour. I spent a lot of time as a child in Baraboo visiting my grandma Collins. We drove by the Circus World Museum. I remember visiting my grandma and going to the circus with her at least once a year. We also drove by her former house. I remember its being a lot bigger. The seed meeting brings together 16 coaches in the sectional. To start the meeting, each coach makes a short presentation, and then all the coaches vote the top eight teams, not including his own team. We are not ranking the teams, but rather listing the top eight. Once the vote is taken, there are usually several appeals, and then the groups are separated, with the top eight teams heading to one room and the bottom eight placed in the other. Coaches then again speak on their team's behalf, and all coaches rank the teams from one, top seed, to seven, lowest seed. Coaches once again can't vote for their team. After the votes are counted, appeals can be made for a higher seed, but not a lower seed. Once the seeds are decided, the two rooms come together and put the entire bracket together. I think it is a pretty good process. You would not believe how quiet the room gets when the votes go on the board. Everyone is trying to figure out who and where their team is going to play. It is an interesting process because every coach loves his team and fights for his players, school, and community. Memorial was voted as the number one seed and will play Monona Grove a week from Tuesday. I can't believe that tournament is a week away. Off I go to watch some East tape and to get ready for the Badgers men's basketball game. Chapter 15, Celebrating the Drive to Another Big Eight Title and a Special Birthday. Monday, February 23, 7 a.m. When I was driving back from the Germantown scouting trip last weekend, the check gauge light was going on and off in my car, 
So, early this morning, I took my Jeep to get it looked at. Luckily, Russ Darrow is within walking distance of school. Once I got to school, I had some extra time to watch East tape and think about the upcoming week and what we needed to do to beat East. Monday, February 23, 7 p.m. Today was a hectic day. We had our team photo. I always like doing pictures the last week of the regular season. It causes a little stress, but it seems like the best time to do them. I got a good hour of practice in and then set up for our last home varsity reserve game. I need to adjust our practice plan for the next couple of days because we did not get everything done. Tuesday, February 24th, noon. The buzz around Thursday's upcoming game against East has grown into a frenzy. The rumor from the East side is that we pre-sold tickets and are already sold out. I don't think I have ever heard of a regular season game being pre-sold. I know that the Memorial community and my team is very excited about this game. It seems as though it has been an eternity since we played a game, and it has only been a week. I'm off to do a radio interview for the big game with John Arias at WTSO AM 1070. Tuesday, February 24, 6 p.m. We just got done with practice. It's that time of year when television stations start coming to practice. Early in my coaching career, it really bothered me, but I have learned that distractions are not the worst thing. In fact, they cause your players to refocus on practice. Channel CW was here interviewing a couple of players. I am glad they didn't talk to me because I forgot to shave today. I am heading off to do my taxes with Dave Green and Hag Accounting. It will be one less thing I have to worry about in March. Wednesday, February 25, 8.45 a.m. The big talk in school today is the car painting contest between East Art students and Memorial Art students. As summarized by Jeff Herman, Memorial Art Department chairperson, in preparation for the big game this Thursday, a talented group of Memorial artists initiated the first skirmish, led by art teacher Monica Urbanic. Memorial student artists Gina Kim, Catherine Inch, Rachel Calgaro, Chris Richardson, and Christine Larson marched into Smart Motors early this Saturday morning to take on a contingent of East student artists in a car painting challenge. Each squad of artists was given their own Scion XB, which had been wrapped in a form-fitting vinyl skin, on which to paint a composition of their own creating. Nine hours later, Paintbrushes were laid down, the works of art completed. The vehicles were displayed during the February 26th game, and there was an opportunity to win a Scion vehicle at the game. Smart Motors is also making a donation to each school's art department. Both of the vehicles will be displayed on the Smart Motors showroom floor, 5901 Odana Road, for the next couple of weeks. Customers will be able to vote for their favorite design. The memorial visual theme involves the Battle of Thermopylae, which formed the basis of the movie 300. It is a bold, dark, 
atmospheric vision that is nicely balanced by the sharp-edged modern memorial logo on the front hood. The east design is interesting in its own right and is a worthy challenger. Community members are invited to visit Smart Motors and vote for their favorite design. Eventually, a winner will be declared. The interesting buzz at the school right now involves how to get the cars in the building. My understanding is that the doors will leave less than an inch of clearance. I'm glad I'm not pushing them into the cafeteria. I can't wait to see the cars tomorrow. What a great way to bring two schools together. Wednesday, February 25, 9.45 p.m. I was asked by one of my good friends to coach his sixth-grade son's AAU basketball team, the Madison Basketball Club. At first, I was a little hesitant about the time commitment and coming off of my season, but after coming home from our first night of tryouts, I am really excited about this adventure. Like I told the parents, when I do something, I take it very seriously. And if I am in a gym with a sixth grade tryout the night before a big game, I must consider it very important. We had another television station stop in at our memorial practice tonight. I need to rush out and get my pregame sushi dinner at Muramoto's. I think the owners believe I have a sushi addiction. Those who know me would say it's just another one of my crazy superstitions. Friday. February 27, 7.45 a.m. Adrenaline is an interesting drug. I couldn't fall asleep last night because of it, and now I am really dragging. It's time to switch gears and focus on playing Monona Grove on Tuesday in our WIAA tournament opener. This is the first time in six years that we have played a regional semifinal game. Our sectional no longer has a bye, and I believe we are the only sectional that does not have a bye. I'm not sure of the reasoning, other than a geographic cause for this disparity. I see they put the highlights of the Memorial East game at http colon slash slash www.madison.com slash tct slash sports slash preps slash 440793. Gosh, I am getting bald. I am driving to Holman tonight to watch its game against Lacrosse Logan. This could be our second round game if we take care of business on Tuesday. Saturday, February 28, noon. Today was an early practice. We started tweaking several things for the WIAA tournament and working on our shooting. Today is a big day in the Collins household because Drew turns seven. There is an interesting story about his birth, although Maya might not agree. The last time Memorial lost in regionals was on February 26, 2002, to West. Maya was not at that game because she was on modified bed rest due to high blood pressure. Not surprising, considering my team was still playing. 
The following day, the Badgers won their first Big Ten title in 55 years, and I did not even go to the game because I was too upset over our season ending. The following day, Drew arrived four weeks early. I still think the stress of those past couple of days caused him to come early. He knew even then that his dad needed a distraction. Four of my players, Junior LaMamba, Trey Creamer, Vander Blue, and Jerron Maiman, all stayed after practice this morning to help Drew celebrate at his birthday party and play with the kids. They did a wonderful job, and the kids loved playing basketball against them. It is moments like this when I am very proud of our program and the young men that represent it. Hey, everybody. I hope you're really enjoying that. Um, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're liking these, I would ask you to go subscribe and like. Um, they really, It really does help us. You know, That can be a way for you, if you like these podcasts, get back to us at teachhoops.com, Coach Unplugged. Um, it allows us to move up the, the pecking order on, on iTunes and um, allows more listeners like you to find us. And that's, that's all I really want. So if you could do that for us, take 30 seconds, go over and subscribe, like. Um, we would really appreciate it. Enjoy. Chapter 16, A Week of Challenges, But Memorial Marches On. Monday, March 2, 8 a.m. Today is game preparation day. I watched a lot of Monona Grove tape this past weekend. I think Monona Grove is one of the best 16 seeds I have seen in a long time. They shoot the ball extremely well and are very well coached. I hope my guys are ready to play. It is the first time we have played a regional semifinal game in six years. We had buys in previous years, but with a full sectional, all teams in our group play the first night. Tuesday, March 3, noon, game day. It seems like yesterday that we were starting the season. I love this time of year, but it sure is stressful. Even though I have a knot the size of a small car in my stomach, it is a lot of fun. Many people remind me on a daily basis that expectations are really high. That can be a lot for kids to carry on their shoulders. I know my team is very excited about finally getting to the playoffs. Tuesday, March 3, 9.30 p.m. We won 71-55. We played a little sluggish tonight, but Monona Grove shot the ball very well and hit nine three-pointers. I could tell they were coming to our gym to beat us. We definitely need to improve on some things for the upcoming week. I found out that we are playing Sauk Prairie in the regional finals. I saw them play in late December, and I think they are a very good team. Wednesday, March 4, 8 a.m. I woke at 2.30 a.m. on the couch with static on the television and Salk Prairie information all over the floor. 
I thought that Mamona Grove could really shoot the ball. Then I watched Salk Prairie play. They have two guards that have a combined 73 pointers. This could be interesting. Wednesday, March 4, 10 p.m. I told my team that there are only 64 teams left in Division I, and after Saturday's game, there will be only 32 left. I think they heard me and had a really good practice. Game time for Saturday has been set at 4 p.m. I reminded my guys how important it is to be ready for a Saturday afternoon game. Afternoon games always have a different feel to them. Thursday, March 5, 9.30 p.m. We had a good practice. We were able to get in the Memorial Fieldhouse and get a lot of shooting and station work done using all of the baskets. I just got back from my sixth grade AAU practice. I am impressed with how the kids are able to focus and learn the game of basketball, even at a younger age. I think I will start bringing my son Drew to practice and have him run with these guys. Friday, March 6, 3.45 p.m. I just heard that Madison West forfeited its game to Baraboo due to the use of an ineligible player. I have never heard of such a thing happening in 20 years of coaching. It will make for an interesting weekend in the communities of Watertown and Baraboo. Friday, March 6, 9 p.m. I just finished an interview with High School Hysteria, the radio show on WTLX-FM 100.5. I love talking high school basketball and was glad to hear that there are other Steve Perry and Cub fans out there. Friday, March 6, 11.30 p.m. I just woke up on the couch. It's that time of year when I can't help but fall asleep watching tape. I checked my phone messages, and everyone called in for curfew. I am happy the players understand the importance of tomorrow's game. Saturday, March 7, 11 a.m. As we get ready for our pregame walkthrough, I was made aware that, unfortunately, one of my players will not be able to play in tonight's game. I have to try to refocus my team on the task at hand, which is tough when you lose a member of a team. So today we will work through the adversity and stay together. The lessons that my players learn are not always basketball related, but I know that I can only continue to teach the captive audience that is in front of me right now. Our focus at the shoot-around was good. I hope our execution carries over to the game. Saturday, March 7, 6.15 p.m. We beat Sauk Prairie 47-38. I was really impressed with the way my bench came through in this game. The team was in foul trouble the entire game, and I was able to have nine players contribute, which is a really good sign going into next weekend. It was good to get through today, although it is not over for me. 
I'm heading off with my friend Tony Ketterer to watch Wenaki play Madison La Follette. We could meet one of them in the sectional finals with a state tournament berth on the line. I'm going to take the next couple of hours to try not worrying about our next opponent. Chapter 17. Going for the gold never gets old. Tuesday, March 10, 5.30 p.m. We had a good practice. I'm trying to simplify the things that we are doing. In the last couple of games, we got away from the things that make us successful. The team was really focused and got everything in practice in less than an hour. I'm heading off to the Big 8 coaches meeting at East High School, one of the few occasions that brings all of us together. Tuesday, March 10, 11.30 p.m. I just got home from the Big 8 coaches meeting where we discussed our conference regulations and voted on end-of-year awards. They will not be released until after the state tournament. What I love about our conference is that the coaches get along. We got together tonight after the meeting to celebrate the retirement of Janesville coach Bob Sutter. He will be greatly missed in our conference. I feel like I should watch some more Baraboo tape, but I'm going to head off to bed. Wednesday, March 11, 6 p.m. The team just finished watching Baraboo tape. After reviewing Baraboo's tendencies, my guys are aware that they have to be ready for Friday's game. We need to defend their shooters if we are going to be successful. I heard that Memorial has sold out almost all of the allotted tickets for Friday's game. It should be a great atmosphere. Thursday, March 12, 6 p.m. It is always difficult the day before a game to get everything into practice. I always feel like I am missing something or that I do not have the team properly prepared. Before practice, I played Jerron in a game of pig, and I am proud to say that I beat him. I may be old, but I have not lost my jump, set, shot. The players are headed off to a team dinner, and I am off to celebrate the birthday of my wife Maya's uncle, Mike O'Connor, at the Nitty Gritty. All he wants for his birthday is another memorial victory. Both Mike and his mother, Maya's grandma, Ella Gigi O'Connor, are devoted Spartan fans. They don't miss a game and love following the team. Thursday, March 12, 9 p.m. I picked up an isthmus at the Gritty and read a great article written by Jason Joyce about our sectional games being played at Walnaki rather than a bigger venue such as the UW Fieldhouse. Looking at the teams in our sectional, it would seem that a larger venue could hold the demand for tickets. I can't think of a high school in the greater area that could hold all the people who want to come to these games. Friday, March 13, 8 a.m. Game day. The guys are ready. 
No time to be nervous now. We have prepared and just need to play the game. Friday, March 13, 11 p.m. We beat Baraboo 71-41. I am so proud of the way we came out of the gate and got a quick lead. Everyone was able to contribute, and I was able to rest many of my starters. I hope this will pay off tomorrow night. We are playing Wanaki for the second straight year in the sectional final. They are a very good team and extremely well coached. Playing on their home court is going to be a difficult task. I was pleasantly surprised to see Wesley Matthews come back to watch his high school alma mater play. It makes me so happy when former players come back. It shows their pride in the memorial program, something they have helped create. I also saw Derek Nakimji and Devontae Mayman in the stands supporting their brothers. I can't believe we are playing in our seventh straight sectional final. The curfew calls are almost done, so I am going to bed. Saturday, March 14, 6.45 a.m. I love having a seven- and four-year-old in the house. Drew and Emma are up at the crack of dawn and don't really care that Daddy had a game last night. I told Drew that I cannot coach his first-grade basketball game this morning because I need to prepare for Wanaki, but promised him that I would do it next Saturday morning. Thanks, Joe Murphy, for covering. Saturday, March 14, 1 p.m. As I was leaving for the gym this morning, I heard Neil Diamond on the radio. I love Neil Diamond, and I am taking this as a good sign. I am not sure where I heard this quote before, but there are two types of people in the world, those who love Neil Diamond and those who don't. We had a great practice this morning. We spent about 30 minutes on Wanaki's out-of-bounds plays. They run them very well. We also discussed how important rebounding is for tonight's game. From watching the tape of last night's game, Wanaki scored often on second-chance points and out-of-bounds plays. I am going to put Emma down for a nap and will try to catch 20 winks myself before heading off to the game. Saturday, March 14, 11 p.m. We won 72-49 and are headed to state for the sixth straight year. People ask me all night if this ever gets old. It doesn't. I am so proud of the way my guys played this weekend. We are executing very well right now. This win was an entire team effort and a great performance by the starters and the guys coming off the bench. The team and coaches cut down the nets once again, and Drew was able to climb up the ladder with his dad. I hope he will remember these moments. I hope to sleep a little tonight, despite the adrenaline pumping through me. I know how busy, tiring, and fun the next week will be. Sunday, March 15, 
6.45 a.m. Memorial will face Germantown in the quarterfinals on Thursday night. I'm going to start working on our scout. At 11 o'clock, I am meeting Coach X at Perkins to receive some tape and discuss teams in the field. Then I'm off to update our stats for the state tournament program and meet with my coaching staff to discuss logistics for the upcoming week. I'm hoping to get home and spend some time with Emma and Drew. It is supposed to be really nice weather. Right now, the biggest non-basketball issue is people wanting to know how to get tickets for the game. Luckily, Brett Wheeler, one of my freshman coaches, orchestrates tickets with the players, parents, and coaches. Sunday, March 15, 9.30 p.m. I just returned from our team dinner and doing my statewide media phone call. I hope to be in bed early tonight, but I have to watch some more Germantown tape. This is a week of very little sleep for my coaching staff and myself. But going for the gold never gets old. On a side note, I am happy and proud to have three former players heading to the NCAA tournament this week. All three of Memorial's Mr. Basketball winners are playing. Michael Nelson, Wesley Matthews, and Keaton Nankivel. Chapter 18. Great season, capped with state title and a gold ball. Monday, March 16, 8 a.m. Memorial is going back to state, and the fun begins. I've been up since 5 a.m., too excited and nervous to sleep because we are so close to the gold ball. One of the advantages of having gone to state before is I know what this week entails, a bit of controlled chaos. I faxed off my tentative starting lineup to the WIAA and am heading off to eat some breakfast before school starts. I need to remember to tell the players to talk to their teachers about when they will be gone from school next week. Monday, March 16, 8 p.m. We had a very intense practice. Lots of running and conditioning. It's time to refocus and get in shape for three games in three days. I spent the majority of our time focusing on our stuff and we'll start discussing Germantown players and plays tomorrow. After practice, I ran to Costco to buy Gatorade and water for the week, got my daughter Emma a special ice cream treat, and got home in time to take the kids to the park. I can't believe how warm it is outside for the middle of March. Tuesday, March 17, 4 a.m. I woke up again on the couch. I think I've watched enough Germantown tape to last a lifetime. We are going to have our work cut out against them. But I think I have a game plan that will work to take their star center Ben Avercamp's shot away and stop guard Mike Minsky from getting open looks. It looks good on paper, so we'll see if my team can implement it 
in the next couple of days. I'm off to bed to get a couple of hours of sleep. Tuesday, March 17, noon. I am writing plans for the substitute teacher and our practice plan for the remainder of the week. It is amazing how fast this entire week is going. The late nights are catching up with me, so I am going to get something to eat. Tuesday, March 17, 10 p.m. We had a terrific practice. However, I cut it short because the guys were too intense. I decided to have a non-basketball night, which is always a hit in the Collins household. Since Memorial is the closest program to the Cole Center, we have the first shoot-around time tomorrow at Nicholas Johnson Pavilion. It's an exciting moment for the team and the start of the state tournament experience. Wednesday, March 18, noon. The players and coaches met this morning at 7 a.m. to drive to the Cole Center for our WIAA scheduled shoot-around. After the 25-minute shoot-around, we did the normal press interviews and headed off to team breakfast. I love spending time with my team, and this is such a special week for them. The great part of living in the same town as the tournament is that my players keep their routine. They go to class, sleep in their own beds, eat home-cooked meals, etc. I got the guys back to class by mid-morning. The bad thing about living in town is the ticket issue. Over the past five years, we have worked out a pretty good ticket system for the coaches and players, but it is still a never-ending struggle. I bought 25 tickets for family and friends, and I think that might be on the low end for the coaching staff. Wednesday, March 18, 7 p.m. I picked up the traditional sushi I have before every game, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow's state quarterfinal showdown with Germantown. We had our normal practice in the main gym after school. It was very short and precise. It is a luxury at this point in the tournament to shoot and practice in your own gym. We used to try to find a big court, but I think it is more important to have a consistent routine. I've learned over the years that these types of practices need to be no longer than 45 minutes. The players need to be sharp and rested for tomorrow and are too excited to have an intense practice. In fact, they couldn't wait to get over to Coach Wheeler's house for a team dinner. Thursday, March 19, 6.30 a.m. I always have good intentions about getting a good night's sleep before a big game, but it never seems to happen. Too much time is spent thinking about all the things I should have done. We are having our normal shoot-around this morning, and then the players attend classes for the first three periods. Thursday, March 19, 11 p.m. We beat Germantown 86-73. After the game, I did a live television interview and then a 10- to 15-minute press conference with statewide media. Usually, a couple of players are present, and tonight it was Vander Blue and Trey Creamer. 
Trey had an unbelievable first half, and Vander had a highlight reel of dunks to go along with his 35 points. We came out of the gate a little slow and a little tight tonight, but Trey's offensive punch really got us going. The post-game procedure is a little unique because you don't immediately see your team after the game. By the time I got to the locker room, the team was showered, dressed, and ready to go out and watch the Bayport-Beloit game. We got into a little foul trouble with Germantown, but I was really impressed with how our bench helped. Ed Klender, Eric Blue, Russell Henderson, and Eric Froling gave us some great minutes. In order for us to be able to make a run at the gold ball, we need the bench to contribute. I am off to pick up tape and to work on the Bayport Scout. There isn't time to sleep or to enjoy a victory for very long, since there is another opponent in less than 24 hours. Friday, March 20, 4.45 a.m. Again, I woke up on the couch. This Bayport team is very good. They remind me of my first state tournament team that had three Mr. Basketballs on the roster. Michael Nelson, Wesley Matthews, and Keaton Nankipple. They handle the ball well, shoot well, and are fundamental and well coached. This is going to be a tough game, but we should expect nothing less in the state semifinals. We are meeting the team this morning to discuss the scouting report and then go have lunch at the nitty-gritty while watching Marquette and North Dakota State play. The quarterfinal game at the Cole Center is always the hardest. After that game, the nerves tend to be gone, and it is just two teams going at it. You don't think about what is at stake as much. I think our next game will be quite entertaining. I hope people come. I know we are competing with the Badgers' NCAA tournament game against Florida State, so my guess is that many people will be at home flipping channels. Friday, March 20, 4.30 p.m. We just finished watching tape and are heading into the gym for our shoot-around. The players seem relaxed and are enjoying the tournament. We leave for the cold center in about an hour, and hopefully we'll come home with a victory. The WIAA does a great job putting on the state tournament and it is something I have enjoyed since I was Drew's age. There has been a lot of discussion about changing the number of divisions and teams participating. I may be a bit biased in saying this, but I think this is the best state tournament in the country. So why change it? If you add another day of games, will the excitement throughout the state stay the same? I think the girls' tournament last weekend was some of the most exciting basketball I have seen in a long time. Are the proposed changes driven by the boys' tournament and not the girls'? Friday, March 20, 11.30 p.m. We beat Bayport 64-60 in overtime. What a game. We had a couple of opportunities to win it in regulation, but could not close the deal. 
I am really impressed with the way my guys fought back in overtime. It would have been very easy to fold up camp, but they showed a lot of determination and heart in those extra four minutes of overtime. From what I understand, we caused some issues with the 10 p.m. news being on time. I know that it is state tournament time because on the way home from the game, it was snowing. It always snows state tournament week. Sunday, March 22, 1.30 a.m. We beat Racine Horlick 56-41. I can't believe it. Memorial is the 2009 Division I state champion. What a ride. We played an exceptional game and were in control from the start. I have coached in five state finals, probably watched another 30, and I can't remember a state final exactly like this. I could tell that my guys were on a mission and had something to prove. Before the game, I talked to them about how this was the last time this team would ever play together. Monday, March 22, 5.45 a.m. I got up early this morning. I am constantly thinking about all the things I need to get done. I have my basketball academy this week at night, and my daughter Emma is having surgery on Wednesday. So there isn't as much time to think about the season being over. Monday, March 23, 5 p.m. The players met today to turn in their gear and to start discussing next year. It was a pretty happy locker room. The best part was having former state champs Wesley Matthews, Corey Vernon, and Justin Dahman come back. It was wonderful watching Wesley talk to Jerron about next year and what he should expect. With a sad heart, I know it is time for Jerron to move on. For now, I am going to relish the feeling of victory and having another gold ball. It has been an honor to write this book. It has allowed me to reflect on my team and coaching, as well as to appreciate what a wonderful program I represent. Thank you to the readers for the opportunity. It's time to reconnect with my family and friends do some fishing, boating, and golfing, and enjoy looking back on another very successful season. Thanks, everybody. That was the final installment. Wow, I cannot believe that. Final installment of Spartan Tales, our 2009 state championship run. Um, so much fun. I, I, I cannot believe it's been eight years since since we did that. Um, that was just such a fun, you know, I think the first, one's, the first one was, so exciting and exhilarating i think the second one was um a little bit of uh wow it was just a little bit of kind of looking back and just taking a deep breath so um i appreciate you listening um if you can go over and subscribe and like we'd sure appreciate that um and also if you um are looking for a mentor a resource something to become a better coach go over and check out ttubes.com um the best place you can look for for coaches who want to get better. I think it's um, it's a great community. I'm super excited about it. We're on the one year anniversary of it, and it makes uh, makes me excited that I'm able to to help coaches all over the world. So go over and check it out www.teachhoops.com.
for coaches who want to get better. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.